In his book, uh, The Grace Awakening, Charles Swindoll uh, recounts an experience he had once when he was ministering at a Bible conference. And on the first, on the first night, he uh, briefly met this one couple who seemed to be uh, friendly and pretty glad to be at the meetings. However, as, as the week went by, though, Swindoll noticed that roughly 10 minutes after he started, each time the husband would be fast asleep. And uh, this experience began to irritate Swindoll so much that by the time of the first meeting, he was convinced that the man was only there to please his wife and was, was probably a carnal Christian. And at the conclusion of the meeting, the, uh, the wife requested to uh, speak to, uh, to Charles for a few minutes, and he figured she wanted to talk to him about her husband's lack of interest in spiritual matters. And uh, he was greatly embarrassed when his wife mentioned that her husband had uh, terminal cancer and that they had attended the conference mainly at his request. It was his final wish to uh, be at the conference, even though the pain medication he was on made him drowsy. And she said, he loves the Lord, and you are his favorite Bible teacher. He wanted to be here and meet you and hear you no matter what. And so uh, Charles Swindoll wrote, I stood there all alone as deeply rebuked as I'd ever been. You know, what a, what a dangerous thing it is to judge others. Yet, uh, we, we do it all the time, don't we? Uh, you know, this, this is a tough sermon to preach because I'm guilty. You know, I judge, I judge people when I'm on the road and I judge their driving. I, what are some other things we, we judge people on? The way they dress, the way they look. Uh, the food they eat, the way they sing, where they live. Uh, we, we, could, we could spend this whole sermon time just coming up with examples of, of how we judge one another. And Jesus said, don't do that. So our text this morning is <clears throat> Matthew 7, first six verses. Read with me in your Bibles, Matthew 7. Starting in verse 1, Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you see a speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, your word that you've given us is, gives, tells us and gives us everything we need for, for salvation and how to, how to live the, uh, the life that is, is holy. Lord, we, we sing to you to, to make us holy, Lord. Give us hearts that are, that are for you and, and that are obedient to you. So, Lord, uh, let your word come alive to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Jesus, in, in this whole Sermon on the Mount, has, he's been teaching us what, what it's like to be a, a person of the kingdom, 
You know, we are, we are kingdom people. And in this passage, on, on one hand, he's telling us, uh, or he's giving us a warning about uh, judging others. You know, our, our tendency is to be critical of others, sometimes very harshly critical and judgmental. And uh, on the other hand, that, that last verse, verse 6, he's giving us a, a warning on, on the other end of the, of the spectrum. He, he exhorts us to exercise discernment with people who would, who would do harm. So what should we do? What should we do? Jesus gives us instruction in these six verses. Uh, I, I would like to uh, look at three points. First of all, take off the robe. Take off the, the judge's robe. You're, it's not your job. It's not our job to judge other people. Number two, look in the mirror. Look, let's look at ourselves. And third, to uh, use discernment when we deal with others. So let's... First, let's look at first thing. The first thing he tells us, take off the robe. Jesus knows our hearts. You know, he, he knows that we tend to be hypocritical. He knows that we, we tend to lose focus. We can become uh, self-righteous. And, you know, as we, as we read the, the gospel narratives, uh, we're, we're given a picture of the kind of person that he's talking about here, the, the judgmental person. Look at the Pharisees. And uh, Jesus himself was, was a target of, of their judgment, their, their harsh criticism. Think of, the, think of the times the Bible even talks about their motives in, in their, uh, uh, their criticism of, of Jesus. In Matthew 22, it says... You know, then the, the Pharisees went and plotted against him how to how to entangle him in his words. It, remember when they they asked him about uh, the the matter of paying taxes to Caesar. It says Jesus, aware of their malice, asked them, "Why why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites?" You know, the Pharisees didn't care about the. Uh, issue of paying taxes to Caesar. They were, they, were in, they were interested instead in destroying Jesus. In, in their pride, they put themselves above Jesus and they did all they could do to, uh, to seek to uh, dishonor him. You know, they, they took on the role of, of judge towards the Messiah, the anointed one. Uh, they always, always constantly looking for ways to in, entrap him. They they demeaned him and they did their best to discredit him. And in doing this, they, they ultimately killed him. And how ironic this is. Here they were putting the one true judge on trial. Who is Who is the one who can judge mankind? It's none of us. Let's look at James 5.9. It says, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Yeah, the judge is, is the Lord. Jesus charges us to have compassion towards one another. But some, somehow we feel like it's our job to find fault with one another instead. 
Richard Needham says, the man who is brutally honest enjoys the brutality quite as much as the honesty, possibly more. You know, the Apostle Paul gives us, gives us an example, a, a good illustration of, of this. He's talking about uh, eating meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And this, is, this was a hot issue. This, this was an issue where people had differing opinions, as we many, many times have differing opinions. And he's talking about how we need to uh, approach this kind of issue without being judgmental. He says, one person believes that he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let the one who eats, dis- or let not, <laughs> let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. You know, that's a good principle. Who, who are we to judge another man's servant? You know, who do we think we are when we engage in critical fault-finding towards any of our brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians in, in 13, uh, or no, before 13. Let all things done for building up. Let all things be done for building up. 13, uh, we know this chapter. It's a, it's a famous chapter. It's the love chapter. If I speak in tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gog or gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I gain, if I give all the possessions, if I give all I possess to the, to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast and do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. This is the opposite of being this judgmental person that Jesus is talking about. You know, look at the, the heart attitude that's described here. The Apostle Paul, in, in the same book in chapter 16, says, let all, you be do, let all you do be done in love. Let all you do be done in love. What do we do instead? We, we become critical. We become impatient. We, we put ourselves first. We, we elevate ourselves at, at the expense of others. We're, we're quick to anger. Look at this, this one item. I, I find this really intriguing. Paul says that love does not uh, keep a record of, of wrongs. There, there, was, there was a time a while back when I, I started such a list. Somebody was wronging me and I started listing all the items. I had to delete that file 
about the fifth item in. I said, this is not right. This is not right that I should do this. Love does not keep a, a record of wrongs. Not too long ago, Pastor Dan Work was here, and he, he spoke about his grandmother. I, I think it was his grandmother he was talking about who, who had a little book where she recorded anything that anybody did against her. Any complaint she had against somebody, she would write down in her little book. Um, she's not the only one. that I read about this other guy, John Claude Junker, the European Commission president. He, he revealed in an interview that he keeps a book with a list of people who've crossed him in the past. And... Um, Sounds like a joke, kind of. But, you know, one of the most senior officials in the EU walks around with a little book of names of people who've been mean to him. He he says in the interview, I have a little black book that's called Le Petit Maurice, where for the past 30 years I've noted when somebody has betrayed me. And... uh, there's kind of a, kind of a joke. He, he says, be careful, little Maurice is waiting for you. Do you see how depraved this is? Yeah, when, when, we, when we keep a list of our brother's wrongs, our sister's wrongs, you know, not, not only do we set ourselves up at the judge, but also as the, uh, the prosecutor, the, the accuser. Uh, I'd, I'd like to repeat a quote that I, I gave several months ago in a number in, in another sermon from Pastor Ray Ortland. He says, "The kind of God we really believe in is real, revealed in how we treat one another. The lovely gospel of Jesus positions us to treat one another like royalty, and every non-gospel position positions us to treat another like dirt." but we will follow through horizontally in what, whatever we believe vertically. He goes on to identify one another's that he could not find in the New Testament. These are, thing, these are one another's that are not in the New Testament. Sanctify one another. Humble one another. Scrutinize one another. Pressure one another. Embarrass one another. Corner one another. Interrupt one another. Defeat one another, sacrifice one another, shame one another, judge one another, run one another's lives, confess one another's sins, intensify one another's sufferings, point out one another's failings. These things are not for us to do. You know, I think we all tend, though, to uh, be judgmental. It's not our job. It's, it's not our calling to uh, rake one another over coals, you know, judging, criticizing. Uh, God calls us to be people of grace. He, Jesus, Jesus in our passage says, with, with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. You know, what, what does our measure look like? What measure are we using? Is it a measure of severe and harsh criticism is it a measure of seeing the worst in others we've seen in Jesus' teaching that he he cares about our motives 
You know, do, do we try to uh, use a measure of discrediting our brother, a measure of destroying our brother's reputation? Is, is our heart set on discouraging our brother or destroying him? You know, in light of what Jesus says here, if we use this measure towards others, we, we should be terrified. You know, because... We're, we're bringing judgment on ourselves. There, there's a great illustration of this in Second uh, Samuel, chapter twelve, one through seven. And this this was after David sinned. He had, he committed adultery with with this beautiful woman Bathsheba, who was married, and he ended up having Bathsheba's husband Uriah the Hittite murdered. In this passage, it says the, the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan's a, a prophet. He came to him and said, there were two men in a certain city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but this one little ewe lamb which he had bought, and he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from the cup and lie in his arms, and it, it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to a rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Well, David's anger was greatly kindled against this man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, this man deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamp fourfold because of this thing, because he had no pity. Nathan pointed his finger at David and said, you're the one. You are that man. You know, David was so quick to pass judgment, not realizing that he was the, the guilty one. And so this leads to Jesus' next point which is that we, we need to look at ourselves. We need to look in the mirror. You know, David was so quick to condemn this, this man he didn't even know. And it took a prophet from God to get him to uh, realize his, his own guilt. I've heard it said that we, we judge ourselves by our motives. We judge one another by their behavior. You know, we do this because we... We can't see someone else's heart. We do this because we can't really know what a person's true motives are. I think we always feel like we can. You know, all, really all we can see is what's apparent to us. You know, God told Samuel, the, the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we're so quick to let ourselves off the hook for, for some mistake we made. But, you know, if somebody else does the same thing, ooh, watch out. You know, our, our passage here in Matthew is, is paralleled by another passage in uh, Luke, Luke 6.36, where it says, Be merciful even though, or even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. 
Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You know, God, again, uh, he, he cares about our hearts. He cares about our, our motives. He desires that we be people of, of mercy and grace and forgiveness, not of, not of judgment. Jesus gave a, a parable that, that illustrates this. This is uh, from Matthew chapter 18. Verses 23 through 35, Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Talking about big bucks here. There's no way he could pay it back. His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all he had in payment to be made. And so the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me, I'll, I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the, the master of that servant released him and forgave him that debt. And when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant or his fellow servant, fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay that debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. You should, should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from the heart. Oswald Chambers said there's always one more fact or one fact more in every life of which we know nothing. Therefore, Jesus says, judge not. Before we are critical with others, we need to look at ourselves. We need to look at how much mercy God has shown us, how forgiving he has been with us. We are the most forgiven. We should be the most forgiving as well. We need to look in the mirror. Jesus says, why do you see that speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? You know, get that, get that log out of your eye. So having pointed out the the wrongness of of judging, of being judgmental, uh, you know, we we might slip into the error of thinking that we should never be concerned about any sin. Uh, that's not what Jesus is saying. What he, what he tells us next is we, we need to be people of wisdom and discernment. 
in, in dealing with others. Uh, dis- discernment and judgment are not the same thing. Um, those, those of us who are parents who have kids know this. You know, we, we know the difference in our children making honest mistakes and malicious rebellion. There's a difference there. And those things need to be treated differently. If we're, if we're harshly critical of our children when they make mistakes, we're going to crush their spirits. You know, we, we want to mature them and, and nurture them in a, in a loving manner. But when they show uh, really blatant disregard to uh, common human decency, uh, you know, we, we don't just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not going to judge. Boys will be boys. That's, that's indulgence, you know. There's a, there's a difference between judgment or judging and, and being indulgent. You know, Jesus is not saying to embrace and approve sinful behavior. And he says something that really seems kind of out of place here. You know, as I was as I was putting this sermon together, I read verse six. I thought, well, how does this how does this fit in? But Jesus was intentional in putting this at the end of of the uh, discussion on judgment and looking at yourself. He says, do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Um, how does that fit in? Does it, does it almost contradict what Jesus just said? Uh, you know, af- after all, who, who am I to call a person a dog or, or a pig? Yeah, that sounds pretty inflammatory. But... What is Jesus talking about here? You know, such a person will will not listen. Such a person completely disdains the the things of God. This is a person who's who's bent on destruction. Desires to to trample underfoot and, and attack. That's what Jesus is saying here. Lest they trample underfoot and turn to attack you. And uh, we, we know there are such people. Uh, Proverbs 9, 7 through 8 addresses this. He, the, the writer of the Proverbs says, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who repu- re- reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and, and he will love you. You know, we're, we're not to judge, yet we need to evaluate others uh, wisely and, and appropriately. Uh, a good example of this, Jesus gives in Luke 10. Verse 3, he, he says, I'm, he's talking to the disciples. He's, he's sending them out on a, a gospel mission, really. He says, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And then down in in verse 8, he says, When you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, Even the dust 
of your town that clings to our feet we will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. And I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So we need to use discernment. There, there are people who will not respond to love. There are people who will not respond to grace and mercy and forgiveness. There are people who are irreconcilable. And we're, we're told, you know, as, as much as it is in our power to live at peace with everyone, Wrapping this up, it boils down to this. We're, we're not qualified judges. We're not qualified for judgeship. That's, that's way above us. No, none of us has an adequate resume to function as a judge, to take on the responsibilities of, of a judge. So let's, let's take off the robe. Let's toss out the gavel. Only God has the wisdom and the right judge any of us you know if we are critical fault finders we're not acting from love we're acting from pride and sin and hypocrisy you know let's let's take a close look at our own failings and i know i have plenty of my own let's look at our own failings before tending to other people's faults that's what jesus is saying here let's strive to be christ-like as, as Paul says in Ephesians, as, as beloved children, be imitators of God. Let's do that by, by showing mercy, by showing forgiveness in our, our daily lives. We, we reflect our Father's mercy towards us when we, when we do that. And finally, let's, let's use good discernment when we, when we do this. There are those who will be unreasonable. Uh, irrational, irreconcilable. Unfortunately, God is going to have to deal with those people. It's not up to us. We don't need to judge them. We don't. We should not judge them. We must not judge them. God can take care of that. It's up to Him. God can deal with these people. We don't need to judge them, but we can pray for them. And as much as it depends on us, we need to live in peace with all. Let's pray. Uh, our, our Father, uh, we, we want to be imitators of you. You're, you're the one who judges with righteousness. For, forgive us when we try to take on your role. Give us love, Lord, for for one another. Give us compassion uh, because we know that that none of us is is without sin. Uh, But also, Lord, give us wisdom and and discernment with those who would would cause harm. And, uh, Lord, we we just put them into your hands. And we pray these things in in Christ's name and, and for his sake. Amen.